Get ready for Love Talk with the love ladies, Evelyn, Kathy, and Carrie. Love talking today about making of a great nation, a united nation. Thank you for uh, joining us today for Love Talk. We are in the studio with our, oh, Miss, Miss, our coach and our motivator and all that she is, Miss Carrie. <laughs> Hi, Miss Evelyn. It is great to be with you today. It's a glorious day here in Central Texas, and I I tell you what, Miss Evelyn, every day I see you, it's just joy in here, friends. You, you, if you don't know this lady, you need to get to know her. Miss Evelyn Davison, she's fantastic. And Miss Evelyn, you are celebrating 34 years of yes. love talk. By the, by the first week in November, uh, we will begin that 35th year. And it's exciting when I think about it. I grew up in radio, said I'd never do that. Because I couldn't have parties on Saturday with my friends. And it was my job to get all the uh, dedications out of a milk bottle that was on the front porch. You know, we there was oh, two phones. Oh, so in people, our people would leave dedications on your front. Oh, my goodness. And my job was to pull the, the notes out of the bottle and find the record and get it set up for my dad. And hated it. Literally <laughs> said I'd never do that. But, you know, we, we have good times and slow times sometimes. But we are so thankful that you're joining us today for Love Talk. And uh, we are here for one reason only, and that is to build bridges of love and understanding and present the love of the Lord Jesus. You know, Miss Evelyn, we've been in this uh, little series talking about how God is good. I love this theme for our season of Love Talk, especially with our midterm elections coming up. And the simple truth is that that can transform our lives. You know, the world will try to convince us that good is good. That whatever seems good, feels good, tastes good, smells good, that, you know, ends good or begins good, that that's good. But that's the world view. This this skewed view, Miss Evelyn, it, it leads us ultimately to be miserable when we mm-hmm. don't have the true reason behind good, mm-hmm. which is God, our Father. We don't want that miserable life. We want a mighty and a good life. We were not made to be uh, spectators, Miss No, Evelyn. this is John one. <laughs> That's right. We were made to be victors and conquerors. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, God has given us a voice. In the last couple of weeks, we have talked about using our voice for good in so many different ways. Uh, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the mm. rock of our salvation. The Psalm. rock. He never changes. Never changes. Mm-hmm. Psalm 95. But we one. Well, we do. And, you know, Miss Evelyn, I know you've got a lot going on around these midterm elections. Uh, besides celebrating, you know, 34 years of love talk, what's been going on in your world? Well, just getting ready. <clears throat> you know, you don't just wake up one morning and everything's in place and you say, okay, Lord, you know, this is, I don't have anything to do today. Every day is designed and and really fueled by the love of the Lord Jesus. And we've got, uh, as you said, we have middle Excuse me, got a little thing in the voice today. Uh, the elections are coming up, and we're on a 31 day of praying every day for those whom God would choose to be our physical leaders in this nation. And it's an important part of our lives. And that's basically as we look at our government, you know, there are needs in our government. You look at the homes, there are needs in homes. In schools, everywhere we look, there's a need for the love of the Lord Jesus. And our goal 
during this time and every time is to bring that to the front of the paper so that it can be. We this week we're putting out putting together the November December issue of the Good News Journal. Oh, the Good News Journal. And uh we have grown so much this year it scares me. We are now in 40 HEB stores, uh-huh. and our circulation is 70,000. Oh, my stars, Miss Evelyn. How does Van get all those delivered? That's well, amazing. He, that's awesome. We pay. We have a delivery service that does oh, that, except great. for the ones that we want to call on. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, and he takes it. They take them to the warehouse for HEB, and they put them in the, in the slot. So, you know, that's just one of the things. There's so many things. We're on our way up to... Um, Arkansas, of all places, uh, for the NDP Summit, which is be our 30, um, no, the 40th, 42nd anniversary of Minor Van doing prayer leadership in this city. We did it with the Sesquicentennial back in 1976. Oh, my goodness. And so it has developed to the point. Just last week, we had a, a luncheon uh, at the Capitol for our leaders at the Capitol in our Bible studies. Ten or twelve years ago, we had one senator that had a heart for praying for God, and it was Warren Chisholm. He went to the bottom of the Capitol and said with three others, we're going to pray that God would come into the walls of this this government. Mm -hmm. And now we have four or five Bible studies or prayer groups every day. Every day. So, wow. you know, when you look at where we are and all the uh, unity that we have within the body of the love of the Lord Jesus, but we look out there at the world, there is a great void out there. And that's why we're here to have people come to understand. That's why Jesus came. You know, Miss Evelyn, 42 years, when you look back at 42 years of being involved with National Day of Prayer and all you've done at the Capitol, uh, friends, uh, what is your love field? Yeah. Where are you planting, as Miss Evelyn would say, where are you planting your love seeds? Because, Ms. E- you know, doing anything for 42 years, that is amazing. That's well, amazing. we have 67 years of marriage, so I, I got know. a little banner before. Girl, that's, some, that, that, that's right there. So that's some stamina. Well, today we are we have a great friend in the house today. And just to kind of sum up what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, We, you know, how do you use your voice? In today's times, we hear a lot of noise. We hear so much noise in the media. We hear so much noise in social media all around us. It can be hard to sort it all out and to find the truth. We looked at 1 Kings 18.21. Elijah went before the people and he said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. God is very clear here. Mm-hmm. You cannot sit on the fence. You must use your voice. And Elijah and Ahab, they made a choice. Ahab decided to use his voice for evil. Elijah decided to use his voice for good. And the people had to find their voice. We can't waver. We can't skimp, skip or limp or kind of, you know, hesitate through Miss Evelyn. We have to figure out where we stand. Mm -hmm. Well, our special guest today knows where he stands. 
And we ha- uh, October is Pastor Appreciation Month. And I, I hope that you are appreciating your pastors in your church. I have my good friend, Dr. John Sullivan, with us today. He's been married to his beautiful wife, Beth, for 17 years. And they have three children who are precious. He holds a Bachelor of Music degree from SIU. That's Southern Illinois University, for those of you not from Texas. And a Master of Music degree from Illinois State. A Master of Arts in Church Music. And... To top it all off, he just received his Doctor of Educational Ministry in Christian Worship from Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. John is a phenomenal worship pastor. He believes in the transformational power of mm-hmm. biblically-based, Christ-centered worship. And I have been blessed enough to know John for 10 years. John, thanks so much for joining us today. I can't believe I've known you 10 years. I know. It's been a while. It Man, has. When you think about it, we were neighbors, too. And we were neighbors. several of those years. and Back when wow. you only had one kid. I know. We came to Texas with one kid, and now we got three. So. <laughs> but you got a dog, too. Huh? Well, we got a dog. We got a dog, too. So our house is a little crazy right now. Absolutely. So, but that's the way it should be. Does your dog have a friend? Uh, no, uh, Carrie and I aren't neighbors anymore, so, you know, we've got to find a new friend for the dog, so. I know, I know, so great. John, thanks so much for being here today. Did I, did I miss anything in that intro? I love calling you Dr. Sullivan now. Uh, I just, I'm not used to it yet, so it's a little crazy, but, you know, in fourth grade, I was the uh, class jump rope champion. Oh, my stars. So, How did so I that's, miss that? That's pretty significant as well. So that, that should be on the resume included with all those uh, degrees. Oh, I'm a class jump rope champion. That's great. Yeah. I don't think I was anything in fourth grade. I think I wanted to be a roller, a professional roller skater oh, in fourth really? grade. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So, you know. Well, John, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing. You're not from Texas. I'm not from Texas. I'm from Southern Illinois. Uh, grew up in a Christian home, grew up in a, my parents are Baptists, but uh, went to a Lutheran elementary school and a Catholic high school. And most of my parents are uh, Pentecostal. So growing up, I was in every kind of church you could think of. It just depended on the Sunday, who I was mm-hmm. with, where I was going. So uh, early on, I was kind of referred to as a spiritual mutt. Kind of, cause <laughs> I was, like, much, like my dog, exactly. So I was just kind of, you know, in every kind of church. And uh, but then when I went to college, as we were talking about uh, before the show, um, gentleman came up to me and was just passing out free stuff. And I was like, I'm in college. I'm going to take anything that's free. So but he was passing out these little Bibles, these little testaments, and later found out that it was the Gideon ministry, uh, received one of those little Bibles, took it home. I was living with my grandparents at the time and just read through it. And at that moment, I accepted Christ as my savior. Mm. And uh, from there, I just got plugged into the, at the time it was called the Baptist Student Union. I don't know what it's called yeah, now. Yeah, BSU. I don't know. BSU. It's, it's, you know, yeah, it's, that yeah. was what it was called then, 40, 50, 60, 70 years Right. Ago. They changed the initials all the time. Mm-hmm. But so I got involved in collegiate ministries. And from there, I was called into the ministry. And more that's specifically, it. I was called to lead worship. So that's kind of where that took me. Okay. So, John, I got I to gotta go back. So you grew up in a Christian home. And you went to Pentecostal church, Baptist church, Lutheran school, Catholic school, but you didn't know Jesus. You didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus until you got in the word for yourself and read it. Yeah. So I I think that speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. How did that work for you? Well, it it was kind of confusing, honestly, because you, you would hear, you know, all sorts of things. I was, you know, do I go to confirmation class to get saved? Do I speak in tongues? Do I, 
you know, I baptized in Jesus' name or some kind of Trinitarian formula. So I was I was receiving all this information, and, and I didn't know what made sense and what didn't. And so it, it took kind of digging in for myself and reading through the Bible to, to find out, okay, this is what it really means to have a relationship with God. When did your love for music begin? You, you've got a musical heart. Harp, I would call it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so my dad is a piano player. He's been the church pianist for forever and ever. And so and my grandparents were both musical. My my grandfather played the guitar, and my, my grandmother played the guitar as well. So music just kind of ran in my family. But, uh, yeah, so I was just kind of indoctrinated from an early age to, to play music. And Dad had me take piano lessons when I was six. When I was 14, I started playing the guitar, and the rest is kind of history. Wow. Well, John plays a mean Guitar, classically trained in the guitar, and yes. you make that thing hum. It is, is, are we going to hear some of that today? We are. So, yeah. listeners, you'll want to stay tuned because at some point in our program today, you will be blessed by Dr. John Sullivan, Sullivan and his the way he can just make that guitar sing. It is absolutely phenomenal. When we return, we'll find out more about John, find out more about the difference between being a music minister and a worship pastor right after these messages right here on Love Talk. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to insure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Drive. Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. You know, the world has changed and getting connected is really no longer a trend. It's a reality and it's happening all around you, leaving you to wonder how do you get connected to your customers while staying ahead of the digital revolution and your competition. Well, Texas SEO is a Christian-based online marketing company, and they're the partner you can always rely on to navigate through the ever-evolving digital landscape. To schedule your free consultation and digital analysis, call Texas SEO at 1-888-988-9736 or visit the website texasseo.com or simply Google Christian SEO Company and you'll find them in the first position. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow. These guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com.
friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. You have found the love ladies. I am Coach Carrie Brinkater, and of course, in studio with my beautiful friend, Mrs. Evelyn Davison. Thank you so much for joining us here after Baylor football. What an amazing day it has been. We are in studio with my good friend, Dr. John Sullivan, and he's telling us all about his life, how he grew up in a Christian home but did not know Jesus as his personal Savior until he read a a little book from the Gideons, a Gideon Bible that he was given on campus right there at Southern Illinois University, the Salukis, right? That's right, the Salukis. Very proud of that. Oh, man, good stuff. (laughs) Uh, Now, John, so you found Jesus on campus. Mm -hmm. I, I love that because... I think we kind of have a misconception today that Jesus is not present on college mm, campuses. Right. Right? you got to find your people. And you found some people there in the Baptist student movement that were having the same morals, ethics, and values that you were aspiring to have as a new Christian. Right. So, you know, it's, it's kind of amazing. You know, I, I went to Christian schools my whole life, but it was at a very secular university that I found God. <laughs> so I, I think I was put in a position where I was kind of forced to rely on him because there were – no other Christians that I that I could see on the university campus until I started going to the Baptist Student Union and uh, met people who were like-minded, who had a love for the Lord, who had a love for his word. And so I just attached myself to those people, and they're still really good friends to this day. So I started going to the Baptist Student Union when I was a sophomore in college and got really heavily involved. We'd go on revival trips, you know, every other week or once a month. And um, it was shortly after um, going on some of these revival meetings that I felt called in the ministry. But uh, initially, I wasn't called to be a worship pastor. Um, I really thought I was going to be a senior pastor. Oh, wow. So I preached my very first sermon when I was 19 years old. I was praying, Lord, just please let it last five minutes. I'll I'll be good. You know, just five minutes. I'll get off the stage, and that'll that'll be that. Uh, but it was a really, really neat experience, ladies. It was um, uh, first sermon I preached. It lasted about 35 to 40 minutes. And no one knew it was my first sermon. So I just, you know, I, I preached out of Mark 10 about let the little children come. And uh, at the end of the service, the entire church came forward to the altar. Oh, and it was at that moment that I knew that I was called into the ministry. Um, but it really wasn't until three or four years later that I felt called into the worship ministry, the music ministry. Um, I just, I didn't really feel at the time that I needed to do music. I I felt, you know, that I needed to preach and and serve in the local church that way. But it really wasn't until I went to seminary, my first semester at seminary, that God called me into something else. And then I was uh, ultimately called to be a worship minister. Wow. What, What do you see, John, as the difference or the unity uh, between a music pastor and music ministry. Yeah. So we all have, we have all sorts of titles, and really depending on who I'm talking with, I'll refer to myself as a music minister or a worship pastor because people understand those terms. Um, but I really like the term worship pastor. And, and the reason that is is because I, I feel that I'm somewhat of a, a shepherd or an overseer in the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do two different services at our church. We have a traditional service and a contemporary service. And so I, I see everybody on, on any given Sunday morning. I, I interact with, with most of the people in our congregation. And so just through that experience and through that ministry, I feel like I'm, I'm being a pastor to everyone, to, to our children, to our youth, to our adults, to our senior adults. 
And, and so I really take that that title as pastor very seriously because I really do look at myself as somewhat of an overseer of the church in addition to our senior mm-hmm. pastor. So, so I, I do prefer the term worship pastor, but I, I do like the term minister as well because I am a minister to the people as well. So that's the purpose of a pastor is to minister, right? You know, exactly. grace and goodness and yeah. kindness and all those things. Absolutely. We at our church in First Baptist in Pflugerville, we call that Peeville. I've been there. <laughs> I've been to that church. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We, uh huh. We through the the last seven or eight years, we've struggled between the issues of the type of music mm-hmm. and worship and praise. And we have put uh, in place a whole new paradigm for the way that we worship and we praise. And what we do is we start with praise. And the young contemporary folks go in one. uh, We have a huge church and two assemblies in one area. And then the old folks like us go in the other. Mm -hmm. And it's the same uh, format. It's just a different type of music right. and whatever. Mm-hmm. And we are seeing some of the most strange um, occasions and encounters through that that thing. It is working tremendously well. At first, it, everybody, I liked it the old way, or I didn't, you know, I don't want to have to move. So what we do is we praise as part of our worship to begin with. Then we take a little break, coffee break, and then we go into the worship of the word, the worship of the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just one of the things that uh, people are looking at really closely today is how do I worship? Mm-hmm. Worship is three things. It is uh, instruction, it is praise, and it's prayer. Mm-hmm. If, if you get what God says, then you want to praise him for that. And then you move into that area where you make that a part of your life. And so this is so exciting to me. Well, oh, Miss Evelyn, you know, John, John I, yeah. is an anomaly. I tell you, you know, 12 years ago, 11 years ago, when we were looking for a new music minister or worship pastor, um, nobody thought that we'd ever find one person that could minister to our congregation with two services because we have a very traditional service and then we have a contemporary service. And, John, you are the master. I'm serious (laughs) at perfectly (laughs) blending these two things. You love both services. You love traditional music. You love contemporary music. We have a choir. We have a praise band. Mm -hmm. And, John, you do do both of these things so well. Um, You know, this is a rare trait. How do you do it? You know, I, I don't know. I get that question quite a bit, and I'm not really sure how, you know, how I rationalize it. But, uh, you know, I, I grew up in a very rural country Baptist church. And so growing up, you know, it was all traditional music. I mean, we sang the yes. family of God every Sunday during doxology. the doxology at the end of every service. Exactly. And so. I wasn't even introduced to contemporary worship until I was about 19 years old. I didn't even know it was a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'd go to college. I'm like, you can do that? Like, you can have <laughs> yeah. drums Where in a church? Where these folks, strange people <laughs> Yeah, <come laughs> like, I, I didn't even know that was a thing, much less you could do that. 
Um, so it wasn't until I was 19, 20 that I really started listening to contemporary music. My wife makes fun of me because, you know, she was already listening to DC Talk and Hillsong. I had my Amy Grant Age to Age CD. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but to me, that was contemporary, and I was about 20 years late. But, uh, you know, I had to do a lot of catch-up. But, um, you know, I, I knew how to play the guitar, and I, I knew I had the skill set to probably do contemporary music. Mm-hmm. But it was something that I really had to go back and learn how to do but traditional came more natural to me but the the contemporary eventually became natural to do as well well john came on the scene and he was stomping his foot up there on stage and we we were all excited to have john with us to not only sing the beautiful hymns that are so precious Mm -hmm. to so many of us and i you know you don't have to be in the gray-haired club to appreciate the traditional music. I mean, those hymns. John, tell us your favorite hymn. I know what you're going to say. Oh, you do? I think I know. Uh, Oh, well, it's kind of cliche maybe, but Amazing Grace is my favorite hymn. Um, Actually, you know, it was a a great story. Um, Just the other night, my wife and I were kind of flipping through HGTV and – Home and Family and ESPN, trying to find something to watch. And um, the American Music Awards were on. And I don't typically watch award shows, mm-hmm. but uh, we just stopped there for a few minutes. And Gladys Knight was singing Amazing Grace. Oh, wow. And I just thought that was really, you know, incredible. Uh-huh. Uh, first of all, just I thought she did a phenomenal job singing the song. But that there were people in the audience, both believers and non-believers, Everyone was singing Amazing mm-hmm. Grace. Yeah, it's common. It's very common. And, and I think the reason for that is is there is a yearning in all of us for grace, mm-hmm. whether you're a believer or whether you're not a believer. Mm-hmm. I think there's something in us because we're, we're made in the image of God. I think there's something in us that yearns for grace. And uh, for the believer, we get to experience that saving grace, that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But for every person, every man, woman, boy, and girl, we get to experience the the common grace of God, the mm-hmm. the, the air that we breathe, the, the food that we eat, the, the relationships that we have. And so I think all of us yearn to have grace in our lives, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's why that song's so special to a lot of I people. I think you're right. I, I call it the race to grace. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, when you're looking at people, that's what race is. Mm-hmm. But it's also the motivation that moves people. And and this is a song that you can play anywhere just about it. Right. And people know what it is and what it stands yeah. for. What I do have a question. What is what ways is ministry uh, different than other types of uh, church ministry different from other things in the church? You mean like worship ministry yeah. particularly? Yeah. You know, it's it's really a great responsibility that I have that that every week. I have the opportunity to put words in people's mouths. Mm-hmm. I, I, I give the, the congregation the opportunity to articulate what they actually believe. And I think that's different from other uh, ministries in the church, whether it be the pulpit ministry, the children's, youth, mm-hmm. seniors. Uh, a unique responsibility that I have is, you know, giving the people the opportunity to say with one voice, this is what I believe. Mm-hmm. This is my theology. And it allows them to articulate it in such a way where they get to um, – experience emotion, that they get to chew on the word, that they get the opportunity to, to respond to God's revelation. And so I, I think the worship ministry is very unique in that, that mm-hmm. uh, we all get with one voice to get to articulate our theology and our belief in God. You know, John, one of the things that there's two things I wish I could do in life. One is dance. At two is um, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the awkward yeah. ostrich. Um, but two is sing. 
And so I've never, you know, I've always enjoyed singing, mm-hmm. but I'm not good at it. And um, coaching just ruined my voice. <laughs> yeah. But, John, I think you've um, made worship for me come alive in such a way by the way that you use Scripture um, to just illuminate the words that we're singing. Mm-hmm. Um, you pull Scripture from God's Word to show us all the ways we can glorify God mm-hmm. with our mouth and with our voice. Even if it's the screechy, you know, crazy voice, that doesn't matter. God hears beautiful music for us. And I think that's been refreshing to me. Can we have some of that today? No, no, not my voice, but we've got John. <laughs> when we come back from our break, friends, we're going to open up. Uh, you're going to hear John playing as we come back from our break. And I know it's just going to absolutely bless your heart. And thank you so much for listening. Remember, our sponsors, many of our sponsors, have been with Miss Evelyn and Love Talk for over 30 years. So... Take a listen and join us right after this here on Love Talk. Hi, this is John Cotner, and you know we all can use some happiness, some hope, and humor in our lives. I'm talking about the Good News Journal published by Evelyn Davison. Well, the Good News Journal is free, and you can pick it up at locations across Central Texas like H-E-B, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, and churches, and it comes out every three months. Now, advertisers and writers interested in having an article published should call 512-249-6535. The Good News Journal, providing good news for the greater Austin and surrounding areas for 23 years. And now with more than 66,000 in circulation, go to goodnewsjournal.net. That's goodnewsjournal.net. Hi, friends. This is Kathy Enderbrock with Let's Pray Today Ministries. Are you struggling in your marriage with anxiety and depression? Have rebellious kids or, or just want to pray for your children? Maybe you simply don't know where to start in prayer. We specialize in creating the tools to help you learn how to pray and pray effectively in a variety of life issues. Get your free MP3 download today on the topic of your choice. Go to www.letspraytoday.com and click on shop for your free audio prayer download. Become a friend on Facebook and let us know what prayer topic you need help with. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow. These guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. We are, you have found the love ladies, and you have found 1120 AM or 101 FM. Thank you for joining us. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater. Of course, we have Miss Evelyn Davison, and what you are hearing in the background is the melodious tunes of my good friend, Dr. John Sullivan, who is going to be playing for us one of my favorite hymns. I surrender all. I hope it blesses your heart like it blesses mine. 
Wow. Thank you, John. Oh, oh my oh, goodness. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn getting all choked up in here. Wow, John. You know, as I listen to that song, and that was, when I was growing up, that was what was kind of known as the Sunday night song. Like, I remember singing that song, standing in that pew on Sunday nights, mm-hmm. um, you know, after Sunday night church, and those words, oh, to Jesus, I surrender, I surrender all. Mm, what yeah. What does that mean, John? You know, I hear a lot of people say, you know, is it something even we can even, or do we have the ability to even sing this song? Is it possible mm. for us to surrender all? And I'd have to say no. You know, just like, you know, it's it would be, we on this side of heaven, we can't be holy like God is holy. Mm-hmm. But it, it's something for us to strive towards. And I think God gives us the grace to be able to, to sing these songs like I Surrender All or anything else that demands our, our whole life. And so I love to sing that song. I love to play it just because God gives us the grace to do those things. And so I just thank God every day for that. Wow. You you play beautifully. It, it's, it's a blessing. It's an absolute blessing. So, John, when you sing a song like that, I Surrender All, and as you think about your kids, your family, you know, mm-hmm. you have elementary, middle school children, how does biblical worship affect the way you raise your kids yeah you know i you know i, I think that uh um you know it, it's really important to me that worship just doesn't happen in the congregation on sunday morning that that worship really is a lifestyle it's something that we take home with us it's not just something that we do mm-hmm. on a sunday morning in front of a bunch of people but we take it home with us we uh and so what Beth and I, we try to do is instruct our children in biblical worship by having fa- a time of family worship. So every night at dinner, we, we read a passage of scripture, mm-hmm. we pray, and then we sing a song. And that's it. It takes about you know five to ten minutes, but it's something that we do every night. Um, usually it's a type of narrative in the, in the Bible. Since we have younger kids, we'll read the story of Noah or the story of Zacchaeus or something like that. Then one of our kids or my wife or I will pray, and then we'll we'll sing a song it could be the doxology it could be jesus loves mm-hmm. me but that's something we try to do every night to to let our children our family know that yes we're not just worshiping on sunday mornings we are worshiping uh, every, every day it's a lifestyle well and you know beth and uh, john and his beautiful wife beth are both ministers at main street baptist church in georgetown and beth is the children's minister and she's precious as well and you know just just to know that you are taking home and you're you're living out what you say that you're doing. You're you're worshiping Jesus every second, really, mm-hmm. of your day, mm-hmm. even as you watch the Lakers. I don't yeah. know how <laughs> you worship Jesus watching I the Lakers, know. John. It seems like there's a dichotomy there. Have you become an Astros fan yet? Well, I'm rooting for the Astros right now. Good. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Because the Cardinals are not in it. That's but right. I, I nope, tell you what. They're not. You know, LeBron James, you know, I was never really a fan, but, you know, I'm kind of turning into a fan. So it's... See, John's a Renaissance man, Miss Evelyn. Not only can he play the guitar beautifully and sing beautifully, and his wife can sing beautifully and play the piano, and they're just amazing, but he also likes sports, you know. So, I do, too. Yeah. yeah. And I'm praying so cool. for Bre- Breeze. 
Drew Brees. Yeah. You know, he is my favorite. <laughs> oh, I saw that game last night where he got the most yards I know. in oh, history. Yeah, that was amazing. just incredible to watch. And to hear him talk to his children Oh, when he when he said that nothing is, nothing is uh, what, what was it, nothing is earned, everything is gained or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But it, it was, nothing is gained, everything is Nothing is gained, everything is earned. That was just a really special moment that caught on camera with him and his we're, kids. We're really praying about having him come to speak at the governor's breakfast and not next year, the next year. We we have Ann Graham lots coming, uh-huh. uh, and we're asking our audience today to pray for Ann. Uh-huh. She has breast cancer, and it is in the nymph nose. But she mm. is so determined that she mm. did not cancel us because yeah. she's got 39 weeks of um a chemo, okay. and they'll, you know, NDP's the first uh, Thursday in May. Mm-hmm. So for 2019, uh, we're really praying that the Lord will just speak through her in a way, not at any given moment, but throughout her ministry mm-hmm. to let people know God's in control of where we are physically and mentally and spiritually in this nation. Mm-hmm. She's a very special lady. Mm-hmm. I, I know for me, when I finished my doctoral program, um, I, I graduated from the Billy Graham School of really? Theology. Yes, and so the, the, the Grahams are very special people. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole family is, so yeah. we'll be praying for her. Well, I serve as the Central Texas Prayer Coordinator for Operation Christmas Child, uh-huh. which is Franklin's ministry. Right. And Franklin is a lot like uh, his 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 dad. You know, he's... He's on target, and there's no if about anything. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. You know, when we look at where we are in life um, and what it is that the Lord Jesus offers us, uh, music is one of the greatest gifts. Absolutely, and I, I love this this verse in Ephesians, Ephesians 5.19, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Uh, you know, John, a couple of years ago, you began to introduce scripture readings in all of our worship services. And again, you know, I, I think for me, um, as a person who would rather listen to people sing because they do it much more beautifully than I, it's really inspired me to understand that the Lord doesn't care and that this is a way that we can worship Jesus and to show him, give him our gratitude and our and our thanks through music. Why, why? How were you? How and why were you inspired to start incorporating scripture readings into corporate worship services? You know, I was I was attending school, and uh, of course, prior to that, I wasn't doing any scripture readings in the in the worship portion of the service. You know, I just thought you know that's the pastor's job. That's you know, let the senior pastor do the scripture readings, and I'll do the music and do my thing, and that was it. I started going to school again uh, about uh, a little over three years ago, and I read this book it's called Christ-Centered Worship by Brian Chappell. Um, he's more—he's better known for writing this book called Christ-Centered Preaching, but he wrote a subsequent book called Christ-Centered Worship. And the book was just pretty much the, the history of worship, and um, just talked about the you know the the early Catholic liturgy, kind of going into the the Luther's liturgy, and then Calvin and early Baptist worship practices. I was reading through this book, and then I I noticed a common denominator in all of those liturgies, every single one from from the very beginning to to the present time. And that common denominator was all of these traditions were using scriptures in their worship practices. And I just just had this, this moment like, John, what are you doing? 
Like, why aren't you? Why aren't you having scriptures in the worship? I mean, for centuries and centuries, churches have been doing this, and so I just felt a, just a heavy conviction in my life to start doing this. And then, so in July 2015, every Sunday without fail, I'll have you know a scripture reading or a responsive reading or something. Because if there's anything that I want our people to get out of a Sunday morning experience, it's this: I want them to say. I heard from the Lord today. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, I, not just that I heard a great sermon or that song was awesome or I got a my kid got this awesome craft in Sunday school, but but no, I heard from the word of the Lord today. And if they if they get anything, I, I pray that it would be that that they hear from God's word. And so we just need to saturate people with the word of the Lord through the mm-hmm. through the music, through the preaching, through the offering, through Sunday school, through through ministry. And so that's really my heart's desire for for incorporating scriptures into our worship services. First mm-hmm. of all, because I think history dictates us to do so. Mm-hmm. But then I, I feel that the word will never return void. That when, when you when you preach the word, when you teach the word, it's going to have its desired effect. Wow. Are you hearing the word of the Lord today, friends? I pray that you are. You know, it's Saturday afternoon. What will you do with your Sunday? I, 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 there are so many amazing churches around our area. Find one that preaches the word. When we return to Love Talk, we'll talk more with Dr. John Sullivan about biblical worship right after these messages, right here on Love Talk. Hi, this is Steve Washburn. Pastor at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. We're the ones who just built that beautiful new 33,000 square foot worship center there on Pecan Street, just as Jenner Town. Say, listen, if you're looking for a church home, I wish you'd come check us out. Lots of other folks sure are. We're one of the fastest growing fellowships in the Austin area. We're trying our best to offer something for everyone. No matter what your situation in life, you'll find good friends here. I know I'm biased, but I believe we have some of the most uplifting worship services you'll find anywhere. Many of you are familiar with Tom Cotter and his praise band, By Design. We're fortunate to have them leading our modern worship experience at the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. That's our largest and fastest growing group. But I'm also excited about something new we're trying in our 9 o'clock hour. Daniel Reclue is one of the area's most gifted choral directors, and he has reinvented one of the only genuinely traditional worship services in the area for those of you who are boomers and long to return to the joyful worship of your youth. Listen, Google us at First Baptist Pflugerville and come see us. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at Casa at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations. South at 4501 South Congress. North at 8808 Research Boulevard and New Northwest location at 8425 Anderson, 
Mill Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. Welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You have found the Bridge Austin and the Love Ladies here with my good friend, Miss Evelyn Davison. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader. And in studio today, we have the worship pastor from Main Street Baptist Church in Georgetown, Dr. John Sullivan. John, you've blessed us today so much by talking about um, worshiping Jesus and how we do that with our voice and how we use Scripture to worship Jesus and how that just illuminates the songs and the praises that come out of our mouths. John, who have been your biggest influences in your biblical worship? Well, you know, I think back, you know, first of all, I have to say my parents, you know, brought me to church every Sunday. My dad was been the faithful piano player at his church for, you know, well over 40 years, maybe close to 50 years now. So obviously big influences on my life and my grandparents as well. Um, I've had so many great teachers throughout my life. Uh, Joseph Bresnikar, probably the greatest guitar teacher I ever had. Uh, just an amazing guitarist, amazing instructor. Mm-hmm. Um, really disciplined me, got on me very hard about my, my guitar playing. And so, but I'm, <laughs> I'm grateful and thankful for that. Um, in regards to worship, though, I have to say Dr. Joe Kreider, um, have to be one of those people at the top of my list. He's a, the biblical worship professor at Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Just a brilliant man when it comes to worship. But not just that. He just loves his students. I mean, first time he ever met my wife, Beth, he just gave her a big hug. He's like, I'm Mm. so glad to meet you. Just a really great guy. Just knows so much about worship and loves Jesus. So just his love has just been infectious in my life. And so I'm truly grateful for him. Um, Dr. Lee Henson, another worship professor I had a long time ago at Midwestern Seminary. Love for God, love for worship, and just really invested a lot of time in me as I was just starting out leading worship. So grateful for him. Um, Dr. Pete Butler, um, famous for a hymn that it's in our Baptist hymnals. It's called Redeemed. Actually, it was penned by Fanny Crosby, but he wrote a new metal, uh, melody for it that's sung by many, many Baptists mm-hmm. and many Christians around the world. So he's been another one of those major influences on my life. Wow, you have a lot of great mentors, and I know you are continuing to mentor others as well. It blesses my heart to see your seventh grade son playing the drums in church. I mean, Uh, it is awesome. He is so good. Yeah, you know, we gave him his first drum set when he was probably a little over one. I mean, he couldn't even, like, stand yet hardly. And, like, (laughs) he just beaten these drums. We had to buy, like, three different drum sets between, like, the first and second year of his life because he just beat him to death. But we knew that he had some kind of, you know, ability, and uh, it's just really coming through right now. I just To see him just shine, it's just been really proud for him me as a parent and a musician so as you should be as you should be you know john you have mentioned that you're passionate about many things and and bringing scripture readings into uh the middle of your your worship set is is a big thing you've also put scripture on every single slide which i love um that you that's pretty recent yes that's amazing so tell me you're also passionate about this concept of Revelation and response. Yeah. Well, what does that mean to you? You know, it's just one of those things that I feel like it's it's the rhythm of our lives. It, you know, worship is a lifestyle, and it's constantly happening. Whether you're a believer or not a believer, we're all worshiping someone or something constantly, mm. whether we realize it or not. Even now, like we're putting our faith 
that these microphones are working, that the chairs that we're sitting in are going to hold us up, you know. And, and so this, this, this cycle of worship is constantly happening in our lives. And so, but to, to worship biblically, to worship the Lord Jesus Christ as he wants us to worship, there, there's, this, there's this concept of, of revelation and response. And what I mean by that is this, is that God reveals himself to us. And we in turn respond to that revelation. So, so God can reveal himself through his word, and then we respond to that. Uh, a per, there, there's so many examples in the Bible. One example I'll just draw you to this morning is Isaiah chapter 6, where Isaiah sees the Lord high and lifted up, and mm-hmm. the train of his robe is filling the temple, and smoke is filling the temple. And Isaiah is just you know, blown away at this moment. And then he responds by saying, woe is me, for I am ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the Lord. Here's this, this example of God reveals himself, and then Isaiah responds. And then the Lord reveals himself again by, by taking the, having an angel take the tongs from the altar and then touch Isaiah's mouth, and then it says your, your sin is atoned for. Mm-hmm. And then God goes on to say, who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. So it's, it's, the Bible's filled with revelation, response, revelation, yes. response. And so I, I feel for us as Christians in the church and in our homes that we need to be aware of this, that what is God telling me today and how do I respond to that? In what way should I respond? Should I sing? Should I pray? Should I go? Should I give? Should I preach? Should I teach? There's so many responses that, that the Lord has given to us as an opportunity to worship him. And so we always need to be aware of the revelation of God. And it's not necessarily always through the scriptures, although I think that's a primary primary way that God talks to us. But it could be through his creation, through a friend, through a neighbor, through even an unbeliever. You know, God talks to us in so many ways, and we need to be listening for that revelation. So I'm very passionate about that, and and uh, I pray that our churches would be perceptive to this concept of revelation and response. You know, that is just um, the most exciting thing that a, an individual can do every day is to get make that connection mm-hmm. with the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if we don't know him, we don't show him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's not a matter of being on a stage and playing a guitar or drum or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's what's in the heart of hearts right. that people can pick up on and, and begin to recognize as being from the Lord Jesus. Right. You know, in Ephesians uh, 519, it says, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. And then it said, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Mm-hmm. How are we able to do that today? You know, I, I think that, you know, worship just isn't about our voices, although I think that's important. I, I th- As I said earlier, I think it's important that we verbalize our theology, that we verbalize what we believe. But not everyone has a, a voice, or maybe some people mm-hmm. just can't talk at all. I, I think worship is, is beyond our voices. That's something that we do with our hearts. That you know, The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Mm-hmm. I think there is this heart element in worship that, that cannot be expressed in words, that um, there's something internal. That's something that we believe in. And, you know, our connection, of course, comes from the bloodline of Jesus Christ right. and our receiving that and receiving the Holy Spirit to the point we, we, are, uh, we are trichotomous beings, three in one. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is. Well, when we look at that or we think about that, then 
How do we get in the presence? Prayer is the door to the heart of God. Mm -hmm. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Yeah. And he is calling us to connect with him. Mm -hmm. But you know what the key to door is? It's praise. Mm -hmm. It's worship. If we're not doing that, Mm -hmm. then how is it that we're going to make an impact not only on our family but on this nation? And we're in serious trouble in this nation, John. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Serious absolutely. trouble. Yeah. I think it's interesting, John, that you that you say, you know, the Lord reveals himself to us in so many ways, and it's up to us how we respond. And, friends, you know, that's that's what we've been talking about here on Love Talk. How will you use your voice today? How will you respond? And maybe it's not necessarily using your voice. Maybe it's you're going to pray, you're going, you're reaching, you're teaching, you're singing, you're worshiping, you're loving, you're moving. But you're responding to whatever Jesus is telling you today. He will reveal himself to you. And you're saying, but, but Coach, I don't, I don't know how God reveals himself to me. Miss Evelyn, I know that over the years, God has revealed himself to you in so many ways. Right. God has revealed himself to you through a man who calls you about your newspaper. God has revealed himself to you and said, no, no, Miss, no, no, Evelyn, you're going to move to Austin. Oh, yes. God has (laughs) revealed himself to you through doctors who've been able to um, miraculously treat some things that that have happened to you that are anomalies, things that are unusual. You know, the Lord is all around us, friends. Absolutely everywhere. And when you get into the word, it's, it, it magnifies. It becomes, it becomes so real to you when you see what Jesus wants for your life. He doesn't want us to sit on those bleachers and be spectators. He wants us, as John mm-hmm. said, to go out and use that revelation and have a response for him. God reveals himself to us in so many ways. Friends, how is he revealing himself to you today? Again, I say to you, I pray that you will find a church tomorrow. I pray that you will find a place that is preaching the gospel, that is opening up the word and finding out what God is saying to us through the words on those pages. That is not a dead book, friends. The words in that book are alive and they bring joy and they show us a path. How do we know? How how can we know that we know that we know Jesus? It's really simple, friends. It's the ABCs. A is to admit that we are a sinner. Romans three three twenty three. Romans six twenty three. Admit that we are sinners and that we are nothing apart from Jesus Christ. B is to believe that Jesus is God's Son and accept that free gift. John talked earlier about grace. How amazing grace. Everybody can identify that, that we all want that in our lives. We want grace from our friends. We want grace from our parents. We want grace from our spouse. And most importantly, we want grace Mm -hmm. from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is a free gift that he just gives us. And he says, okay, you've admitted that you're a sinner. You believe that I am God's son. Here's my free gift to you today. Confess with your mercies. Confess with your mouth. Your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you have any questions about this, friends, you can call us on the love line at 512-249-6535. 
You can find us on lovetalknetwork.com. All of our archives are on Love Talk Network. You can go there. You can listen to past shows. You can get caught up with the love ladies. Find out what's going on. You know, there's times that we do teachings and there are times that we have these wonderful guests. And, John, I'd like to thank you so much for being in studio with us today. My good friend, Dr. Uh, John my Sullivan. my pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're, oh, man, what a, what a great time. What a great time we've had. I'll leave you with this. Psalm 71:23. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you, I whom you have delivered. Friends, use that voice for good. Find a place to worship him tomorrow. For Miss Evelyn Davison, I am Coach Carrie Brinkater. We thank you so much for joining us right here on Love Talk. We'll see you next week right here. 1120 AM, 101 FM, The Bridge, Austin.